Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. 720 WGN. It's always nice when the doctor is in. Dr. Jim Adams joins us today. Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine. It's sponsored by Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. How are you today, Dr. Adams? Very good. Glad to be here. Thanks for joining us. What is the importance of a second opinion when the diagnosis is cancer? Yeah, almost always you should get a second opinion with cancer to be really reassured that that you're getting the right treatment and the right diagnosis, especially if it's a complicated cancer, because there's a lot of variation in a second um, set of eyes is good. In fact, at Northwestern, we routinely do it. All the cancers get a second independent evaluation. So it's just something that we really want to emphasize and get right. You know what? I commend you at Northwestern because I have a loved one who got the diagnosis in a rural area. I've been very nervous about it, and I suggested, based on their type of cancer, that they go to Mayo because they have a doctor there who's one of the best in the world. They said they felt more comfortable going to Northwestern, and they said, when I went to the Northwestern website, you can click right there. It says, for a second opinion, and this person and my family found it so easy and so reassuring that they've got an appointment next week. And I just have always preached that because I am a cancer survivor, but it's hard sometimes because people are tired, they're worn down, the thought that you're battling cancer is a lot, and they just don't have the energy to track down a second opinion. Well, talk to your doctor about it, because every high-quality oncologist or physician understands this. They'll facilitate it. They, they may even recommend who the best people are to have the second opinion with. It's, they understand it. They, they can be facilitated. And if, they're, if they react negatively, that's maybe not the people you want. The good people will understand and help you through the process. Perfect. Okay, Dr. Adams, every time we get on the subject of medicine around here, people are frustrated by how long the wait is for appointments, whether it's a hernia or, um, you know, they need a, a colonoscopy, those type of things. One doctor had sent a text and said, it's the administrators. And, you know, other people like, no, it's the schedulers. And so what is happening now that we are seeing long wait times for things that routinely you could get taken care of in at least four or five weeks. It used to be 10 years ago, so much easier to get an appointment around the United States. It's not just a Chicago phenomenon, but there's so much more that we can do. So the need for healthcare has, has gone up because of health maintenance and screenings and the age of colonoscopy has, has gone down. So they're doing more screening colonoscopies at age 45. So, so the demand has gone up at the same time the while we have more uh, providers and more range of, of professionals, it's not enough. And what I will say, too, we're trying to decrease the administrative burden for doctors because the doctors and nurses do like to take care of patients, don't like the administration and bureaucracy. So can we make it more efficient so they can spend more time with patients? This this is going to continue for a while. We're also seeing, unfortunately, people, doctors, nurses, other professionals retiring at at, at ages where they still could be productive. We want to keep them in the workforce. It's it's a true issue. And it is an issue for you as well because you do want to spend more time with patients and and they overschedule you, don't they? <laughs> they you don't want to say it, but they do. <laughs> do And so this is, the, the, I think, the number one focus of how can we post-pandemic 
change it up so we don't keep adding administrative and bureaucratic tasks, but rather take them off and let the professionals do what they want to do, which is take care of patients and really spend the appropriate time. Sometimes it is fast, but sometimes you do need the time. And it, it is the number one thing that we're focusing on. Dr. Jim Adams is the chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine. I keep seeing these articles popping up. I had a friend who actually called me and said, Lisa, you should never sleep on your right side. I said, why? And they had a whole host of reasons. And I think you see a lot of this on social media and some media publications. Is there anything about that? Should we not be sleeping on our right side? Well, well, first, don't worry too much about it. This is okay. nothing to stress about, but it is kind of interesting because two-thirds to three-quarters of people do sleep on the side. It's the most common sleep position. But if you're, if you're in the second, third trimester especially, if you're a third trimester of pregnancy, sleeping on the left side does make sense to relieve pressure on the veins that bring the blood back to the heart. So the left side does make sense. If you have acid reflux, the left side makes sense because the stomach hangs down more. But if you have heart failure, you should sleep on the right side. It decreases the pressure on the heart if you have heart failure by sleeping on the right side. So you, you sleep, on the, sleep on the side, your body will prompt you the, to, to sleep on the right side. Don't stress too much about it if you're healthy. But the left side makes sense in advanced pregnancy or everybody with acid reflux heart failure, the right side. So there is a little bit of, little bit of uh, Interesting. truth to it. Interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and you're mm-hmm. right. Your body always does tell you. You know, that's what wakes yep. you up in the middle of the night. Like, I'm that's not right. comfortable here. That's okay. right. He's going to hang with us for a few more questions. Dr. Jim Adams, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine. First, Mary's got to check on weather and traffic. 720 WGN. We're lucky once a month, Dr. Jim Adams checks in on the show. He is the chief medical officer at Northwestern Medicine. Um, I read a very funny headline and I got a kick out of it. I I kind of know the answer to it, but uh, it is frightening for women of a certain age. The headline says, oh, good. There's a huge chance your uterus might fall out as you age. Now, now it's not going to fall out, but it could kind of drop down, right? It does drop down, and it's known for ages and generations. The pelvic floor muscles do weaken with age just naturally, and the the uterus will drop, so that that sense of bulging and pressure um, can block urine, cause constipation, can cause problems and be uncomfortable. There's a lot of treatments for it, but it's very, very, very common. And is that why we've seen such an uptick in, like, um, I don't even know what the, the... I don't want to call them adult diapers, but, you know, for years, women never talked about the incontinence issue. And now it is a thing and there are products to help with it. And you're saying there are medical interventions that will help. So for the for the urinary leakage, again, all it's incredibly common. All women will get it. There are medicines, there's treatments, and this is something that you shouldn't be embarrassed talking to your doctor. If you're sensing the bulge and prolapse down there, there's everything from from pessaries that could be holding it up there to surgical minor surgical treatments to major. There's a range of treatments, and there's people who specialize in this. So this really is something to talk to the doctor about because people don't have to have these inconveniences and, and suffering and um, that just talk to the doctor. There's a lot of treatments. Somebody just said, hey, Lisa, it's Eddie and Joliet. Our doctor's offended by asking for a second opinion. And no, we addressed that earlier. Uh, Dr. Adams said, if your doctor is opposed to it, maybe you should find a new doctor. I'm 
I'm paraphrasing, but that's kind of the jest, right? I agree. We're here for the patient's interest and to help them make sure that there's confidence and comfort. Absolutely. There's no doctor that I know that's offended by the discussion about a section opinion. Uh, so the FDA has recommended vaccine manufacturers make the single-strain COVID-19 booster that target Omicron, the spinoff, the XBBB, XBB.1.5 for the fall. Where are we with that, and when do we get that vaccine? Oh, it's coming in the weeks ahead. So through the through the winter and the spring, that old Omicron has been replaced by this the XBB variants. That's really dominantly circulating. The original original is gone is gone, and now it's being taken over. But, and the Omicron is fading. Now it's all XBB variants, especially that, that 1.5 you talked about. And so the um, the FDA just recommended that the next booster be against the XBB.1.5. And it looks like that will be coming just in the weeks ahead. So definitely by September, the manufacturers are ramping up. The CDC will get the recommendations out about who and when uh, to, to get the vaccine. But it's coming. And so stay tuned. Yeah, I, you know, I think everybody thinks that we're over it, we're past it. I actually have six family members who do not even live in the same state, age 2 to 72, who have all had COVID in the past four weeks. And uh, as much as we think it's gone, it's still there. It's still, it's still present for sure and still causing varying degrees of misery from minor inconvenience to just feeling really, really viral and sick and still some post-COVID too, some, some long COVID. But we're not seeing a lot of hospitalizations. Overall hospitalizations with COVID are, are declining. But who wants to get sick? And if we can get a vaccine to take care of it, that's a lot easier. And one last quick question. Uh, Time Magazine, John Williams just sent it to me because I pulled three ticks off my body yesterday. They said this is the worst tick season ever. If a tick has not embedded your skin, you do not need to go to the doctor, right? No, if it's not embedded the skin, you do not need to go just brush it off. You're completely safe. It's when the tick burrows into the skin that you can get Lyme disease. And at that point, you talk to the doctor. All right. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Dr. Jim Adams, Chief Medical Officer at Northwestern Medicine.